Real talk, real soul. Welcome to Soul Speak, your HQ for ideas and conversation, the podcast show that tackles today's toughest topics. Now, here are your hosts, the Delivery Crew. Yeah, man. Funny, uh, funny story about that. Let me tell you. Whenever I was in second grade, um, I had this weird freaking problem. It, it's gonna sound weird. Um, How weird was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Soul Speak. Wow. So here's my guess. Before we get started. His PP went inside of him when he got hard. That was the weird problem. Actually, I did get uh, in old, trouble. The old inverse for, wiener trick. For, talk, <laughs> for talking about where babies came from in the second grade. And all I said was vagina. Now, I got a bone to pick with my vice principal <laughs> on that one. That is scientifically, anatomically correct. <laughs> no reason for me to make him maybe sit in his office. Hey, buddy. <laughs> he said vagina. You know, Ty, I, I'm a, you definitely, someone should have been like, hey, just don't yell that. Well, because like. Because you were right. I don't disagree with that sentiment. And I didn't even bring up the conversation. Like uh, we were talking. No, you just said it. You answered the question. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were sitting there talking about it. And one of them pointed, like one of the guys pointed at the stomach. Like, you know, obviously like it's not in the stomach, of course. It looks like it grows in the stomach, but the baby grows in the stomach area. And that's yeah. what he was referring to as a kid. And then I, I was like, no, <laughs> go from the vagina. And then I said it loud enough and they got me in trouble. However, back to wait, the... Wait, wait, wait. Ty, wait. Ty, for, our, for our younger viewers, would you please explain how babies are made? No, that's for the parents. Go. I go. have a great story, though. <laughs> yeah, we so were, your parents. This that's is a short awesome. one, bro. We were, we were at football practice. I was in middle school. And we had one of the coaches who had just graduated from the high school who like was like, can I come coach the middle school team? And they were like, sure. <laughs> and he came over and he was coaching us. And uh, one of our players was getting real tired about running. He says, do I need to take you to the uh, gynecologist? And we all laughed. And he goes, y'all didn't even know what the hell that means. And I got real excited and I yelled. And he said, don't say it. And I said, the vagina doctor. <laughs> 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 Well, yeah. And that, I was damn right. And I was running sprints while I yelled it. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad that glad the vagina doctor was able to interrupt my story. And by the way, guys. Hey, what does your candle smell like? Vagina. It smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's, are you? Yeah, specifically Gwyneth Paltrow's. Whoosh. He just, he just kind of said, vagina. Yeah. <laughs> all he said anyways you couldn't right. see his Human face he was really into it too <laughs> back, back, back into my story that got rudely interrupted with vaginas um, uh, so I was in the second grade and we were like reading as a class we would do this um, thing where um, we'd pull out the book and everybody would take turns reading and then talk about the main points the main ideas and what they remembered and I had a situation where I was reading and it was my turn and then they asked me to recollect and I could just not recollect the information like after reading it question and, are yes. you trying to say the word recollect it's the same thing it's pronounced different by many people tomato tomato I, I want to I want a second opinion on this Bailey how do you say the word that means to remember something you've just read Comprehension, like recollect. How do you say fucking recollect? It's recollect. I mean, it's the same word. <laughs> recollect. It's technically I, recollect I mean, because you are already collecting the same information you have. I grew up southern proper, so it's recollect. Thank you. 
Yeah, that southern proper. Like, I mean, I've heard it both ways. So what you're saying I'm is you ain't proper. Like, don't get me wrong, my mama well, says... Well, I damn sure ain't. No, my mama says recollect, but, like, Southern proper. All right, well, recollect. since you brutally interrupted my fucking story. Um, Shout out, mama's. So, I, I just couldn't recollect any of the information or, it, like, form the main idea. I don't know. And then they kept pestering me with the question, asking, asking me, like, why not? To the point where they would make me over, like, read over again everything I had read, and to the point where they got, they, they got the principal involved. And... Yeah. Yeah, like literally just because I wouldn't tell them the main idea. And I think it got to the point where like after a while they they kept bombarding me with the same questions. So you were just like, freaked out. I shut down at that point. Uh-huh. But um, no, I, I, and after that point, I like teachers, I don't know. One, it showed me, okay, I just need to fucking do my work and stop daydreaming because I was a big daydreamer. Like daydreaming was one of my be- best things to do. And I did it I all. talker. I did it all the way up. I mean, yeah, I started talking more in high school, but even then, I still had my moments where I'd get lost in space. I turned my pencils and the erasers into fucking toys. I was the overachiever. (laughs) I was the overachiever. I got in trouble for starting the homework early because, like, I'd figured out what the homework was prior. I I just had a kid that or that was like in the period prior who I he'd just be like, Yeah, this is the homework and I'd just show up and while the teacher was up there fucking teaching, I would be doing the homework and get in fucking trouble because but they could never do anything about it because it's like how do you punish someone for doing their homework? Yeah. Like well, you're supposed to pay attention in class, so you could get punished for not paying attention. That is true. At, and at that point, it's a sense of discipline. They try and instill like almost a sense of discipline. But even then, discipline's not for everybody. And I gotta think, get them used to those nine to fives. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's not for everybody because not everybody does a nine to five. And I think now, like the culture is slowly changing. However, we got we still got the shit in the traditional Southern school route. You go in eight o'clock in the morning, seven thirty in the morning, sometimes earlier. And oh, yeah, ours was eight, eight, and ours was eight to fucking three oh five on the dot. Until yeah. I think uh, we got off at two fifty five. Um, it was seven fifty to two fifty five. Yeah, ours was eight. Like I said, it was eight o'clock is when school officially started to three oh five, and then oh, whenever during the sometime during the fucking Obama administration, whenever. Fuck it. I know, hopefully y'all don't crucify us, but whenever Michelle went on her fucking bullshit of, I've got to help the school lunch program, when she fucking didn't do anything, and in fact, it was dumb as fuck is what she did. It was uh, cheap-ass food after that. Yeah. yeah, it just made the food worse. Yeah, it made much the food worse. much worse. And on top of that, kids don't get fat at school. Kids get no. fat at home. That's yeah. not true. Yes, it is. I was, I was very fat, or I was very not fat until I went to public school and started eating but that's school. because you, you but can that's only because eat like twice a day at public school. Like yeah, you get well actually our school actually got rid of fucking break and uh we actually had to fight for that back cuz we actually, uh they gave us like an extra period called like 3R and it was we either got that and it shortened all of our classes or we got to keep break, but we had to lengthen all of our classes, and our break would only be six minutes. So, yeah, it was fucking stupid. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, what you've learned today is that if you are a student, you need to go out and organize, find your union reps, become good friends with them, vote, 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 and soon you will be able to overthrow your principles. <laughs> See, what I love, like, back in the old days, like, 70s, 80s, stuff you could get away with was, like, during lunch breaks and stuff, people would hop in their ride and go get food. Go get some lunch. See, oh, yeah, but we can't do that at our school. Fuck that. Even though we have a McDonald's up the damn road that you know served just as greasy food just it tasted better yeah like, like they, they really tightened that up about a decade before we came in the school no nah, I, I, I remember having a fryer in school like i remember having fried fucking crispitos and that shit was amazing that's nice i love the crispitos those things they were like well they changed cents. to baked but yeah well yeah but even then like they they charged two uh 50 cents for two and man, oh, I got like, six of them hoes. Oh yeah, <laughs> every time. Nah, Florida, Florida has senior lunch. That's what we called it. It was a privilege only for seniors, but they could get in their cars and go go eat. And as long as they were back on time, nobody gives a shit. See, that's cool. Well, I see, used to smuggle juniors that, that, out. You, that means you're slowly <laughs> like implementing a sense of that's responsibility. That's what I was going to go into. Yeah. Like, you, so, oh, go ahead. I had a I had a pickup truck, and I had a I had a it was old as shit. It was in '94, and it had a topper on the back. And um, so me and a couple of my teammates, we got together and all the seniors would, we'd, I could sit three in the bench seat in the front and then we would throw a couple of juniors in the fucking bed underneath the topper. And then when we got to the inspection, I would just be like, yeah, that thing's rusted shut. I've had, the, I, my, this has been in my family for 20 years. Like there's nothing we can do to open it. And they just let us go on through without checking the back. And so we would smuggle people out that way. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I was going to say, you want to talk about, like, growing like we're supposed to be talking about. Anyways, well, I've got a story about being mischievous during the whole Michelle Obama thing uh, around 2010. Uh, so I was in science class and whenever michelle obama started changing the whole food program they took out all of the regular drinks like in our school you, like all you could find is diet drinks and baked chips and it, it was terrible because like we grew up having like energy drinks in our vending machines and stuff like that and now they're just gone so it was really stupid the only there was only a handful of places that you could find regular drinks that was the teacher's workroom and the band room. And then if you were lucky, you could get Gatorades out of the uh, field house. Like whenever you, if you had weightlifting. And so uh, me and my buddies, I had band first period, so it didn't fucking matter. Like I'd go buy as many fucking Cokes as I wanted and I'd sell them to people just because, because it made the band money and I got money as well. Hey man, you got that fizzy milk. <laughs> 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 nah, it's like, but uh, anyways, so whenever I'd get to about fourth period, we would literally sneak into the teacher's workroom. Like we'd go use a hall pass or whatever, and then go to the bathroom, go to the teacher's workroom, literally just buy a bunch of drinks and sell them to kids in the lunchroom. Like it was stupid as shit, but like we, we found workarounds. Some people found better workarounds though. Like for instance, uh, there was a, the reason why we didn't have a homecoming dance is because someone decided to bring uh, Sprite and vodka 
to class and got fucking crunk. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hey, we Give had, that kid a bid. That's so funny. We had a kid like, named Cody. Who give were, that kid a bid. <laughs> 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 no, we had a kid named Cody in our Spanish class who had brought Grey Goose and Gatorade in the same bottle and just drank it and was slaughtered in Spanish class. Jeez. Funniest fucking thing. Quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> Quesodillo. But yeah, like, during that whole, like, That's I'll be honest with you, I really hated that entire, like, that That made school worse because, it, for me anyways, that, the food was amazing for lunchroom food. And then she's like, I gotta go on a mission not to make kids fat. And it's like, well, you know, whenever they eat like a fucking cow or hogs at home and then they come to school, you expect them not to eat the same amount that they eat at home. Like, school doesn't make kids fat, in my personal opinion. If anything, it, they try to do the opposite at the very least. Because I remember there were some kids that were like clearly overweight. And my school, if you signed up for an elective and you couldn't be put in something, like if that elective was filled for whatever reason, they'd stick you in some other elective that somewhat, like, they think you would have chosen to begin with. If your elective was filled and, like, they thought that, like, they could help you shed some weight, like, they would put you in gym class. Like, gym was optional for us, like, in high school. Nah, man. The move there is you take the fat kid and you put him in home ec and just... <laughs> Teach him to Let him do water. his thing. <laughs> <laughs> he can obviously taste better than all of us. At least give him a good palate. Well, it's like I said, I don't agree with what my school did by any stretch of the imagination. Like, let kids pick their own damn classes and whatnot. But, like, for the most part, like, the, the kids that were overweight in my grade like they were either like first childs or only childs like and so my my hometown is very traditional in that sense if that makes sense so like first sons and stuff like that so yeah for the most part and <laughs> if they were overweight it was by home i um i remember not being able to run the mile I was fat. <laughs> that was that was a, a traumatic day for me. <laughs> okay, never had that well, problem. To, to talk a little bit of like just um, something a little positive on the progression side and, and it, about lunch money because that one was pretty heavy on me. Um, it really showed me how different um, I had it than everybody else. Um, I got lunch for free, and I thought everybody did. Um, like first couple years of school through kindergarten, first, second grade until about probably somewhere in second grade. Wait, no, I'd say I take that back. First grade, um, they uh, the kids they would literally have to pay uh, three dollars at the time I think it was for their freaking meals, and at, and I didn't have to pay any because my parent my I live with my dad and he was a single dad and didn't make shit. Sometimes be unemployed, and um, so I'd, I'd eat all my meals for free. And honestly, there was a lot of other kids who the only thing they got to eat was their free lunch meals. And facts. yeah, like I knew a, a buddy of mine named Chris. Um, like all he ate during the day was uh, was school, was what he whatever he had at school. And um, for me, I like I always ate school lunch, never packed, cause never had really the snacks. Until my little sister grew up. Then, ironically, you know, there was snacks in the house. <laughs> he bought snacks for my little sister. 
However, I think it, it teaches you a sense of character eating at a public school lunch. It um, definitely um, allows you to socialize. That's social hour. That's where you get to build with your classmates, find your friends, find your niches. Bully kids. Yeah, well, you get to experience that. And for me, I was one of those, like, I was bullied by this older guy on the bus at one point. Like, he used to fucking just come and pick on me, pinch me, always talk about my weight. And th- uh, this was, like, when I was in freaking fourth, third grade. Like, I was in elementary school, and this kid was, like, at, to me at that point, he was probably an eighth, ninth grader. And he would just always come and fucking fuck with me on the bus to the point where I told my dad, and I don't tell my dad anything, especially nothing about that. I would never tell anybody, like, hey, this is going on. And dude just bothered me to the point where I said something. And later then on, I figured out my sense of character as someone to just, like diffuse the situation myself just because i've had experience through high school i think like over the years i've went from like just accepting the bullying which in a sense is be allowing bullying yourself because you're allowing yourself to be bullied yeah it's kind of defeated yeah like i'm pretty sure there's tool songs about this for those who's interested in tool uh <laughs> however um no, I, I definitely uh, saw that myself and realized something had to change, and that's where I started to grow a little bit. Like, realize, like, hey, I, I should be able to handle situations. Like, if it gets too far, just say something. But I still would have a little sense of bottling up, try and play it off with humor. And then I got in high school, and, um, well, I'm skipping one step. Seventh grade, there's this uh, guy uh, who I'm friends with now. We got no quarrels with the dude. However, he would just come and freaking pick on me and, and uh, like, not, not really, um, like, talk to me and always just put my opinion to the side, like, never hear me out or anything. And uh, we were playing basketball one day, playing put out. Dude pushed me in the back. And at this point, I, I blanked. I, my, bottle, my bottle had tipped. And public school will, will show you your bottle. That's another thing it'll give you. It'll True. like it'll if, break if, you soon enough. Yeah, like public school. If you deal with it, you'll you will experience a temper fill at some point. And it happened. He pushed me. Freaking turned around, clocked him right in the jaw. And then at that point, he he had he had he had talked crap for like that night that day. Didn't do anything. Just started talking crap. Talked crap the next day. And then after that, we was all good. Like, he didn't say anything, and then years go by, and then we started talking, just getting closer, just forget about all of it, and he he just respected me as a person at that point. See? Bullying is good for kids. Like, it made me realize that at some point I had to I stand mean, up. You're going to meet a bully at least once in your life. Sorry, bro. Like, as much as you try to prevent it, and I hate it, I hate it because I'm a big advocate for mental health, but I do agree you have to grow a thick skin at some point in your life. Well, see, it's called bloodship. <laughs> well, my thing with that is, is I, I also agree. Like, t- I, I honestly believe that one, everyone should at least work in some form of retail and have that customer interaction. I've also had a firm belief of like everyone needs to go to public school. Private school shouldn't be a thing because one, it's stupid, and like two, like. The bullies, like you said, are a thing. Like usually, if you go to a private school, yeah, they might have their upper class bullies. But what's that like? Ha! Huh, I can afford the newest polo. There's fashion, a game about whatever. this. 
or like yeah, <laughs> you know, like some shit like that. But like in public school, like you'll have poor kids like beating the shit out of rich kids, and like you, it, it it's like it's just it's a dog eat dog world. I mean, like, like you you go into like a public school and like if you're chances are if you're not being bullied you your time just isn't there yet like you will eventually run into one like you oh, said yeah. and you it's either coming for you, you either stand up to them or you get pushed around to the point where like eventually you just become numb to it and then at that point it's just a routine and some people do fade into that point i believe like my brother is kind of one of those people where like you can push and shove him all you want he for whatever reason he doesn't have a temper anymore like i don't know like he's just not an aggressive person like you can he can literally be a punching bag because he's just um just dull to it he's a great person like you know he's fine in the mental health department as far as i can tell but like he's just he's literally a punching bag no nah, wow. i'm i want to i want to say something on the topic of bullying um i think the media and the the politics has done a disservice to this generation's children because you know i was out of public school for 3 years i went you know k through 5th and then took some time off and then went back for high school and um, I was so preoccupied with the bullying question of not being a victim, don't be a victim, don't be a victim, that I actually turned into one. I just became an asshole because I was like, nobody's going to fuck with me. I'm not going to put up with shit. And I just became an asshole, and I became that guy. And so, A, the media needs to quit harping on it. It's something that has happened for generations. It is something that will happen for generations. There's yeah, no we'll getting never rid stop. of it. B, it's not actually bad for kids in the long run. If as long as they're the bully is not doing physical damage, kids got to learn to deal with embarrassment. Kids got to learn to deal with someone who doesn't like them. Kids got to learn to deal with a little bit of harassment and how to stand up for themselves. And with all of these zero tolerance policies and everything, you're putting so much at risk. I know there are schools out there. I applied to Vanderbilt. And I couldn't get in because I had one Saturday school on my record. One Saturday school will keep you from getting into a good college. So they need to relax the regulations on this. Let the jungle just be the jungle. Things will work themselves out. If the kid's really having a problem, he'll talk to his parents. He'll talk to his teachers. He'll get it addressed. But he doesn't need the, the overarching arm of the hawk-eyed government Looking out for them, I mean, it's just not conducive to a good environment. Well, adding on to what you're saying, it, or it could be like my school. Like my school, literally, with the like that exact same situation. It was actually uh, one of my best friends' brother's friend. Uh, as much as that's a mouthful, uh, but no, uh, like I said, my hometown is full of fucking bastards like i'm not gonna fucking say it like i, I really don't care but like it was a doggy dog world like it was stupid and this particular kid literally got bullied so much that even in the whole zero tolerance phase 
this kid literally went to not only every single one of his uh, teachers that he had class with. He even went to the principal. You know what they told him? Suck it up. Like, you're going to have to deal with it eventually. But it's zero tolerance. So you know what the double-edged sword is? If this kid actually fights that kid and this kid was like believed in his studies like we're talking about straight a student never missed a day like even if he was sick he was sent home by the nurse so it didn't ruin the attendance yeah like this kid was bullied so hard that his parents literally pulled him out of school to be private school or not private uh, homeschooled because no one would do anything his parents even went to the principal and was like why isn't this getting addressed and it's like well this like I said, he's got to deal with it eventually. Like, the kid needs to man up. Like, it's probably good for him. But it's, like I told you, if he got in a fight... They both get suspended. They both get suspended. Like, we, it's stupid. Yeah, it's I mean, terrible. It, it was like that at our school, too. Like, if we got... Our um, principal was S marine And, man, he was the, the shortest stack of dynamite you'd ever seen. <laughs> Attention? But, yeah. Man, he like first thing he said to us when we came in as ninth graders was, "If you get into a fight in this school, you will be put in handcuffs the same day, and taken off in a police car the same day." And he lived up to that. Like not That's even facts. not even a week in, there was a fight at breakfast, and um, they got to, they got put into the police car, taken off, and from that point on. Like fights would just. I did twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, fight fights were just like, sporadic. Like they would just happen not as often and weird times. Like you'd have to, you would notice the buildup of the tension between. Oh sure. Like, it was like prison, bro. Yeah. You could like, just feel the tension in a room. You're like, oh boy. Oh, people would gather. <laughs> like when there was a fight oh, going yeah. on, most people knew there was about to be a fight going on. <laughs> it, it was wild, but um, I definitely think. Bullying is a natural sense, no matter how much you try and safeguard it. I definitely think you should promote kids to not bully. However, you should not stack regulations, just like, you know, with any type of regulations that's going on right now, like with the COVID. Like right now, you have states starting to release their mandates, and but yet they still recommend that you don't, I mean, that you wear your mask and you don't partake in large groups and all these other things. And that's the way it should be with bullying. You don't promote it. You you think it's bad. However, you understand it's going to happen and repercussions will come because of it happening. It's like, you know, playing kickball as a, you know, as a grade in elementary school. You quickly figure out who everyone likes better whenever you're picked last. Facts. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I was always, hey, I was always a kid, almost last in kickball, and I had a vendettas. I, I'd go out there, and, or I'd whiff and scrape, scrape my, scrape my leg on the concrete. I was either, I was either the best kicker, or I sucked. Like that, that, that was, that's pretty much what I was as well. But you stuck me in the outfield, and I could catch anything that went out there. That was a fly ball. Like that's the only reason why I was never picked last is because like I could catch them, but like. As far as kicking goes, like I was either swinging for the damn fence or or like it was caught. Okay, so let's take a second and actually talk about this topic. Like public school um, discipline, 
Public school discipline. Did it actually like do anything for you? I mean, I'm sure we all got in trouble at one point or another. Uh, I can okay. attest to this because I've went around the world in the uh, stupid department of what categorized is. So I will wait for last. Okay. I I had two interactions with my uh, my school's discipline department. Um, the first was assembled detention. The second was a Saturday school, um, and I learned absolutely nothing from the discipline process. I went back to being my same old shitty self. I didn't learn about, I didn't learn how to be a good human being until I got to freaking college, honestly. Like, I was so caught up in myself, so egotistical, and just, and I still struggle with it today. I'm sure you guys can attest to that some, some bit, but it's gotten a lot better. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the discipline was completely ineffective. It, it didn't teach me anything. I think that's something that is relative. Like you can't exactly predict what will change somebody's mental state and what will not change somebody else's, you know, like you're going to do what you're going to do regardless. You think people in prison listened when they had subordinate issues in school? Exactly. So I, I have only ever gotten in actual trouble one time. I have one detention in my entire years of coming up, and it was for not having my ID. Ooh. Oh, man. Really? Uh, That's no. what they got yeah. you for? Yo, yep. Yes, serious. sir. My one, my one detention was for an ID. Yeah, but um, so, and I'll tell you, and Matt, I, me and Ty talked about this the other night. Um, I have one thousand percent agree with you. I felt like I was above the law because I was, you know, I was dual sport athlete. All these guys knew me. I was not. I mean, not to suck my own dick, but I was kind of popular in high school. People knew who I was, and I felt I got so involved with myself without even realizing it. And I got sent to the real world where nobody gives a fuck about you. Nobody cares who you are, where you came from, what you did, unless it involves them. And that was really, that was a rude awakening, especially when, you know, life really hits you for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it's a tough lesson to learn. Yeah. You know what they say, man, you know, uh, high school doesn't mean shit once you get out of it. That's facts. Amen. Now, totally agree. now, something that adults and we as parents need to understand as we go on to raise our kids, though, is that for for you as a kid, though, it means everything. It means everything. It's mm-hmm. it's your it's your eight hour a, a week or sorry eight hour a day and then mm-hmm. plus extracurriculars yeah. life. It's just like an yeah. adult going to the same day job. You yeah, either love it yeah. or you hate it. Yeah. So that whole bullshit about oh, it's just high school, it's not going to matter in five years, don't worry about it, doesn't do anything to actually help us. So there needs to be a middle ground. The adults need to be understanding the fact that this is a day-to-day reality and it's something that these kids are are Mm. going through. But at the same time, the kids really need to understand that life does go on. And I I think that's a contributing factor to, to youth suicides. I mean, you get so involved in what's going on in school, and if you're not popular and you're told that all the time that you look shitty and you just don't have the self-esteem to handle it, I completely yep. understand why kids go off. Mm-hmm. And that's a stigma definitely formed by parenting because in the South, where we are at, I've seen plenty of, plenty of redneck kids at the age of 
or whatever age they were in the ninth, 10th, 11th grade, whatever it may be, in the counselor's office. I'm sitting there trying to talk to the counselor about going to college. He is sitting there talking to the counselor about how his grades are so bad, he's ready to drop out and go work on his farm because he's got better things to do. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of kids in high school don't have that that forward that forward view, and it, that is something that we need to cultivate. And we can't just push college on these kids because no, obviously that's, that's not unfair. the answer for everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, there needs to be an avenue for everyone to be a productive member of society, whether that's going to college and becoming an engineer, going to college and becoming a doctor, lawyer, etc. Those are pretty much the only three majors that actually require college. Everything else should be learned on the job or in a trade school. I mean, hell, some engineering can be learned on the job, in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually totally fact. I was going to say, all you really have to do is learn the math. Outside of that, it's you could learn, like, I guarantee you, you could put a board together by reading the documents without knowing the math behind it. If someone just if someone just handed you the board and you knew what you were doing and you knew very minimal on the math, yeah, you and you ballparked it, you could build it. Well, there but, there are skills and you know, just but there from, are some specialized too. So. Just from my industry, thinking out loud, like you know, soldering is a fantastic skill to have. I never got taught that in public school. That's something you pick up in trade school or on the job. Um, I think woodwork classes should come back, like shop. Yeah, yeah. Wood shop, we had one of those. Um, we had home ec, we had automotive, which was basically a mechanic class. Um, and we had drafting and design, so you could go on to become a draftsman. Um, those were our, oh, and we had our CS classes, so you could do web design or actual programming. Um, and that's, that's how I found my love for computers, uh, as I took one of those one of those programming classes, and I never looked back. And here in a couple months, I will be starting with a very large firm uh, as a computer programmer. So I really owe that teacher uh, my career. Um, Fair. I am, I am so happy that I took that class, and I am so happy that she made me love it because that has changed my life. Um, now, granted, I still had to go to college and get a degree because in computer programming and electrical engineering and computer engineering, you have to have a degree basically to do anything. Mm-hmm. But there are some non-quote-unquote mission-critical applications where if you're just a good programmer, if you don't have the degree but you have the experience and you have the product to back it up, they don't care. That's, I mean, that's with a lot of jobs, though, man. Like, you see these guys that'll go mod Skyrim, and then all of a sudden, everybody's hitting them up like, hey, that was that was pretty cool. You want to come work for us? Want to come design a game? Like, mm-hmm. that's all it takes. If you if you have a good craft, you, you're you wanted somewhere. Yeah, I mean, they even kind of show that in movies. Like, um, the best, whoever's the best at a certain job of whoever needs something done, they will be found. Whether or yes. not they're in college or it's sitting in their basement working on a computer, they will be found. Well, it's like um, that kind of makes me think of a uh, little Dicky song. Who, who said about the basketball player Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook on a farm. Uh, I was yeah. talking about that today, dude. I listen to that song constantly. But um, he brings up a really good point. What if what if Russell Westbrook had never seen a basketball and was just working on on his farm and he's out there being a farmer and he never knew that he was a basketball player, a, a God-ordained, freak-of-nature basketball player. Like, the world, I mean, granted, a basketball player doesn't contribute to much to society besides to entertainment, but the idea is the same. Like, if he had never found his craft, um, he could have 
he could have gone his entire life without finding a what made him happy and b what made him most productive and i could have gone my entire life had i not taken that one class in high school without knowing that i was a good computer programmer but um, you can't deny fate because he he hopped off the horse and made a couple buckets and there he was no matter where where he was or where that mentality lies i i think if you really I, there is some work involved. You do have to work for it, but you, you'll find what you're good at and lean into that. No, 100%. There's definitely work involved. I mean, since I took that first programming class my sophomore year of high school, I've, I took um, two more while I was in high school, and then I chose computer engineering as my degree, which includes ton of programming and um, actual hardware work so that we understand what's going on with the memory, with the operating system, how things actually work in the computer and why the programs that execute the way that they do. And the, all that work, though, if, it's, if it is in support of a passion, if it is in support of something that you know and you love and you know that you love, then it's not going to feel like work. I mean, the stress is still going to be there. The deadlines are still going to be there. But you don't hate your life while you're doing it. And that's, that is so, so important, especially in, you know, a world where we're seeing headlines like Goldman Sachs uh, employees request 80 hour week because they're working 96 hour weeks and want to kill themselves. That is freaking insane. Like, it's just unfair. I understand it's part of the banking culture. These people are hungry for money and they're, they're willing to stay up late nights and, and do all this work. But Dear Lord, could you imagine working 96 hours a week consistently? No. Uh, Hell that, no. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, that's kind of like with the video game programmers. Like, I really, honestly, if I wasn't doing electrical engineering, which, honestly, I'm kind of like with you, where you were getting into, like, I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing what I enjoy, but, like, my passion's burning out just because of how long I've been in school for it because that's a whole other book of worms. Yeah. In other words, don't go to a community college if you can go straight into a four-year university. This is my advice to you if you plan on going to a college. Yeah. And you have the ability to, but... but uh, um, I mean, this episode is about progression, yeah. so you can get into it about some point. Uh, this, this, this whole idea of... You know, and of course I can only speak to my own experiences, but this whole idea of you need a four-year university. With the exception of my major classes, and my major classes make up a good portion of my, uh, of my coursework. I've taken, well, I took all my English in high school. I didn't have to take English. Sorry. Math is part of my major, so I didn't mind that. Programming is part of my major. The engineering courses are part of my major. Um, I had to take some history and some fine arts. And... I get it makes you a more well-rounded person and everything, but let me study what I want to study when it comes to history and fine arts. If I'm passionate about Roman history, I'm going to pick up a book and I'm going to go read it and I'm going to educate myself that way. I don't need to be forced to take it just because some college curriculum says that I do. Same thing for fine arts. I don't give a flying shit about the visual arts. Dance, awesome. It's hard and you're expressing yourself. Good for you. Painting, it's hard. You're expressing yourself good for you. I just don't appreciate it. Like, my, my form of art is music. And other than that, I don't really care. So why are you forcing it on me in college? It's going to be a class that I'm not going to do well in because I'm not passionate about it. And it's not really going to benefit me at all because of my chosen career path. 
I mean, I think it more or less goes into the whole high school curriculum aspect of it, where it's just like where you're saying be a more rounded person. I think it's more of like them being or them saying it's the same with your electives too. It's more or less here's something other than your major that you can focus on. Yes, it could be better. Like if you wanted to double up on your major instead of doing like history, fine arts and all that, I believe you should. Hell, you're paying the fucking bills for it. Like why the fuck should you have to abide by their curriculum anyways? Like if you're trying to just do your classes and get out, like give me the four year without the bullshit. But yeah, and I think that that is. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that's kind of where I'm at because it's like just kind of going off of that a little bit. It was whenever I went to Calhoun, they or that community college, uh, they actually <laughs> made me take all of these classes, and I took everything up to what I needed before I transferred to UA. Whenever I transferred to UA, nothing fucking transferred. Damn. Ugh. So, they felt bad for me. Mm-hmm. That That is how this story goes. I had to retake my chemistry class. Ugh. I had to... And by the way, it was harder at UA. It was easier. Like, yeah, it, it would have been so much easier at the community college. Uh, because I took English 101 and 102 in... Uh, like high school, that transferred, thank God. Uh, Calhoun, they actually made me retake it, even though they offered the course, which I thought was stupid. Uh, anyways, and then none of my math transferred. But again, because of my ACT scores, I got to go straight into math 112. So it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I but, mean, here, here's, the way I, uh, here's the way I see that. Yes, that is what public school K-12 through education is for is making you a well-rounded person who is capable of functioning in society. Once you get past that, all education is, is specialized. Is mm-hmm. should be specialized. It should be something that you're doing to further your career, not because mm-hmm. you need to be a well-rounded person. They already should have taken care of that. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that aren't taught in school that need to be taught in public school. Uh, I mean, the obvious examples are, you know, how do I pay my taxes? And, yeah, like we we took an economics class. Like, if I'm not if, I'm not sure if y'all did, but senior year we had to take a government class. It was a split semester. Uh, first semester was government. Second semester was economics. All I learned from that economics class is when the price or sorry when the cost of living goes or no fuck what is it? No, it's whenever it's something goes up the cost. No, when uh. Minimum wage goes up. The cost, cost the price of living goes up as well. It's yeah. a trending. Sorry, that's yeah. what I was trying to get. There to. were a lot of things that we learned in that economics class. But that was it. But I took AP Macro and I took AP Gov um, because we also were required to take a government and, a ma- and an economics course. We were too. And macroeconomics doesn't benefit you at all if you are Joe Schmo member of society. If you are looking to get a degree in economics and go on and work for the Fed or try and do fiscal policy in Congress, sure, I want you to understand macroeconomics. If you're a small business owner, then it doesn't matter. You need microeconomics, which is 
businesses and people and things that would actually be applicable to my life. So there are some of these things that are, are curriculum changes that need to take effect. I'm all for financial I mean, literacy. Uh, have but you seen Common Core Math? Yes. It's okay. actually, as someone who has had to take advanced math, I understand what they're trying to do. No. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I see why they're doing what they're doing. I get it. But the thing that baffles me is the fact that my little sister, where I help her with her math homework every now and again, she's like me, so I kind of have to show her like the way that I do it and my little quirks. But it's like, this Common Core, I can get the exact same answer in four less steps than they want me to, and then she gets the answer wrong because they want all four steps. Like that, I'm skipping basically. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And, and it's stupid because all they like they're it's the same with the showing work aspect. I never believed in showing work. Like my thing Me is, neither. you you know if a student is smart enough to do it in their head, and you know when they're stupid and they're copying. Like it, no credit. no no offense, but I like, blew my fifth grade teacher's mind because I was uh, doing math in my head, and the last question I ended up messing up by a negative sign. Uh, or or it, it was something that should have been freaking easy, but I was just getting in my head like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, like because I could easily see it on her face because um, she firmly believed that you could not work it out in your head. She firmly believed that that you had to put it down on paper, and I was like, I, you were wrong. Like I looked at her and I said, that is not true. I can do it in my head, and she said, prove it. And she got up, pulled out her calculator, like stopped class, pulled out her calculator. And then started quizzing me on questions. And I got like four right and then fucked up on some stupid bullshit. What was the cockiest shit you ever did in school? Because that was pretty damn cocky. That was pulling your dick out and putting it on the table. Like <laughs> I didn't see it as that though. Like, I was just pissed. Like She challenged my intelligence and I saw that on a one-to-one -one level. I had no like uh, surrounding. Like The way I grew up, my dad just always challenged my intelligence. Called yeah. me stupid. and it, it translated in everything I fucking did. It really did. I remember, uh, if you guys don't mind, I want to tell this story. The cockiest thing I ever did in high school. Um, I'm sitting there. We had a, a, a lawyer as one of our teachers. And as one of the things she wanted to do was we had a law magnet program. Um, so I took the classes for two years. I took one year of, well, the first year was public speaking and then uh, general applications of the law. And then the, the second year was like a more in-depth look at tort laws and, and special circumstances and things like that. And we got to this section in the second year, and it was um, corporation law, corporate law, businesses. And first day of the chapter, I'm shooting my mouth off, more like running my mouth. And I'm just in the back talking, and she notices, and she's like, Matt, shut up. And I'm like... It's all good. I know it all anyway. And she looks at me and she's like, is that so? You want to take the test? I'm like, I, I, I couldn't pussy out at this point. So I'm like, hell yeah. Give it to me. So she, she takes me and puts a desk outside the classroom, hands me the test for the end of this chapter and says, have fun. And so I, I go through and I mark down all my answers for the test. And, you know, it wasn't that bad. Um, and I walked back in, I handed it to her, she runs my Scantron, and in front of the entire class, she announces, I guess you really did know what you were talking about. I got a 95. 
Welcome to my hood. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, Mon, Mon falls more in line with deception, but again, don't know if this would be like his circumstance, but, but to me, I was just being cocky. It is, uh, so in, I, I took forensics one year, and we were supposed to have a notebook through the entire course, all right? And none of my lab partners wanted to do it. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I sit there and I'm, you know, every lab we have or like any day that we have vocabs, we have to stick this stupid shit in this notebook. I stopped keeping up with it like midway into the first semester. If I'm not mistaken, I actually gave up on it somewhere in the first mid nine weeks because like she just didn't take grades on it like she said she would. Well, fast forward all the way to senior, or not senior, uh, fast forward all the way to the end of the years, and uh, yeah, she wants those notebooks <laughs> that we've been keeping up with. And luckily, like, I'm talking, I, I don't know how the moon's aligned or what, but I had band competition that day that we were supposed to turn all of them in. And so, luckily, I already knew it. We go to band competition early in the morning. We don't come back till like, damn near the end of school. And so, we come back, and, like, she catches me in the hallway, and she's like, hey, just out of curiosity, you know, uh, I was going through everyone's notebooks, and I've got so many of them, and I just can't remember, like, did y'all turn one in or anything like that? Like, I can't find yours, and I can't find someone else's either. And I was like, uh, yes, ma'am, I turned it in, and, like, just fucking deadpan, just off the tongue, just, yes, ma'am, I turned it in. The only, uh, I was only missing two labs from that entire notebook. And one of which I was, you excused because I had uh, band events going on, which I did. And, uh, and then the second one was the fingerprint balloon lab. And if you remember, our experiment didn't turn out right. So we just didn't keep the experiment and threw it away. And we should have really kept it. But anyways, <laughs> bullshit. And you know, she asked questions, sat there for a minute, and eventually just convinced her where she had lost it. And she's like, well, since you were honest with me about not including the balloon lab, I'll only give you a 98 on it. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> Got a 98 on a 50. Like, th this notebook was 50% of our grade, mind you. And I just stopped doing anything with it, like, early on in the school year. And, like fucking just walked out of there with a 98 on it <laughs> yeah i can't lie i mean i've had a couple situations on homework however i just like i i would never do homework at home it would always be either before class as soon as they give me the packet or like if i had time at, uh before football or first period when i had football where we didn't do anything like my dad that was that's the thing he still comments the most he's like I don't know how you made such good grades. I never saw I never saw you do any work at home. The first thing you did when you came home was get on your games. Talking back to the gaming episode, you should go <laughs> listen to that. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing I did, and I prepared for it. I went I, like I went home, did nothing but play video games. There was sometimes like if it was a big project, I'd pull it out and work on it. Like there were times I, I knew I had to get work done. However, like if it's a packet 
or it's a couple pages of reading or something else. It's, it's, it was getting done at school for the most part. That's a back burner. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, and I could keep track of it too. That was the, uh, the biggest thing. Like college, definitely you have to study just because you only have like one to two days of exposure of the content. But in high school and grade school, when you have five days of exposure to almost the same content within the same week, it, it was literally burned in my mind, and I didn't even have to focus. I, I will also say that is one thing that I took for granted in grade school is the fact that you also have more time to deal with it, like you're saying. But you're also, if you think about it, whenever you're in math class, you don't change books at the semester, or at least in my experience, I, I never had block schedule. We had periods. So we never changed books. So going by technicalities, like we had an entire school year to cover one like source material, so to speak. Whenever you get to college, you cover that entire source material in a fucking semester. And at that, they're in 45-minute increments. Like, increments. Yeah. I can barely hold my attention on a video game, as Ty can attest to this, for 30 minutes. Because like, if, if I'm not that invested into it, I will get bored and go to a different game. And it annoys the shit out of them. But that's just how I am. Let alone, think about sitting me in a 45-minute lecture hall where... Lot going to what you said earlier in an elective that I don't give a damn about. Like, and we have free reign to not go to class. Yeah. Like, well, to the she, like, she. think about it. Like, th that's just stupid. We're going to record a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually supposed to be in class right now. But, but that's my point, though, oh, is like, it's, it's a lab that you can get the work done because you're such a great programmer because you love it. <laughs> exactly. Correct. But no, it's like you have to take this elective class for a semester, 45 minutes, where you could have spent that 45 minutes on working on a subject that you're struggling with that's actually part of your major. Or you could have spent that 45 minutes dealing with trying to get through college as quickly as humanly possible and packing on more. Like, you know... The the possibilities are endless, but no, you are stuck in that 45-minute purgatory wondering when the fuck is this going to end because I don't give a damn about needle dicks. <laughs> like, I, think, I definitely think there should be a revamp of the education system in the sense of... Something's got to change. Like, yeah, something's got to change, but the way I think about it, um, like, uh, a so possible way of going about it would be... Uh, to possibly go through school like it is the first early uh, ages because you can tell in the early year, years um, like kids and their interests or they can kind of pick out their interest or if they're able to sit down and listen and stay focused on what teachers are talking about and whatnot. And for the other guys or gals who will end up going into a trade because they, they can't focus as well, then you teach them the critical thinking and the life aspects on like on the job training. So like you have like lower level service industries meant for teaching, but it's still on the job training. It's just not as, you know, strenuous. Mm. I guess that's that would be more of making trade school more available for the younger. I mean, trade schools, I mean, trades right now are a dying art because of how much people are pushing their kids. You've got to go to college. You've got to get this degree. You've got to get this high-paying job. And 
How? Whenever and then whenever a kid gets through it, they realize, oh shit, I have an electrical engineering degree. I'm gonna go here to get a job. And there's about forty other people here that have applied for the same job for the last six months, and none of them have been called. Okay, let me go to the next town over. Hey, I have an electrical engineering degree. Will you? Ha and there's about eighty people here, all with electrical engineering. It's a oversaturated market. No one tells you that. Hey, I heard if you move to Minot, South Dakota, that uh, McDonald's pays like eighteen dollars an hour because they don't have enough labor in South Dakota to actually support their economy. Eh? <laughs> that was a very Canadian Miss Minnesota accent. <laughs> yeah, like I was that, waiting for like hurt. a skull to come out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not, um, but no, it's like that's literally one thing that like some of my family members even came to me to tell me is like, even though I I am getting an electrical engineering degree, like I've had my uncle tell me like swap to computer engineering. It's better, and that is where all the jobs are going right now, technically. Big facts. And, like, electrical engineering is a dying art. Yeah, it's important, but computer engineering is a stem of electrical, so you still learn electrical while you're doing, like, computer. That's the reason why they usually go hand-in-hand -hand with double majors half the time, because it's the same track, yeah, technically. I didn't, I mean, the only difference between what I had to do as a compie and what the double E's have to do is, like... The double E's have to take more physics and like electromag, and I got to take programming instead. That's that's about the only differences. Mm -hmm. However, I think we can all also attest and and see that things are going to be coming a lot more automated, and they're pressing for like even McDonald's like automated uh, cashiers. Uh, robots or computers that you put it in the order and it'll and it'll send it to the cooks or whatever in the back. Like it's going to the point where people are going to keep driving up the price of uh, minimum wage to where businesses are going to push for push for automation mm -hmm. to the point where the only jobs that are going to want to pay are going to be like plumbers, going to be electricians, servicemen job, and those are going to be the million dollar industry come the automated future. And the sad thing about it is, is all of them are trades. Yep. Like yep. you don't need a college education to be an electrician. I know, Contract I know, belief. I know a kid. Um, he was our goalie in high school. He went on to he went to trade school, became a welder, and then a diver. And he's making like a hundred and seventy a year as an underwater welder, working on oil rigs in one of the most the Gulf of Mexico. Jobs ever too. Oh yeah, I mean, and you're away from home for months at a time and all that. But at the same time, like. You're making damn good money, mm -hmm. and you There's know. There's a demand, and you're willing to fit it. You yeah. know what you're doing. I like they have to train you well for that. Yeah, and so you go to work with a passion because, like, a you're being paid for it, and b it is such a cool experience. And imagine if you were to teach a kid uh, how to run ele electricity at a young age, and letting this creative mind run through and think of like all the things he could do with electricity. Well, that's the funny thing about it is because, like, I did have one of those little dinky electrical kits that, like, uh, well, I had two of them. I had one of them where, like, because my grandfather was an electrical engineer, and that's where I get kind of my inspiration for wanting to use electrical engineering to get into NASA because that's basically what my grandfather did to work on the SAT-5. But, like, 
I, I use that passion to for my drive to do this, and it's, it goes all the way back to like this little dinky thing that you put AA batteries in, and it's like you got to build on this board. You just connected wires to switches, really, but it was like the fact that you had to run it through relays, and depending on like what or how you built it, like you can make the lights flash different colors or play different sounds depending on how you wired it, and like. Yeah, as a kid, I didn't realize what was going on. My grandfather would explain it like, oh, well, technically when it goes through here, it actually, you know, the power gets stored here. So less power is actually traveling here. And it's just like, as a kid, you're just like, wow, this makes funny noises. And <laughs> it's it's a bonding moment, but it's like I wasn't paying attention until later on. And well, I knew what was going that's on. That's the problem with electricity in general is it's hard to find early adopters because it's invisible. People love what they can see. And if you can see electricity, something is fucked up majorly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it should be contained. <laughs> you I don't should. know. Have you seen those cool snakes that come off whenever power lines are down? They're cool <laughs> as shit. They fly almost. They yeah. <laughs> yeah, kids, if, if you're with mommy and daddy in the car and you're driving down, uh, you know, if there's a storm going on and, and you see some power lines that are down and, and you see these little blue things of light, back away. Have mommy and daddy back away too for your safety. <laughs> Stay away from water. Do not grab the ground. Or do not grab the rope while touching the ground. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just just don't grab the rope in general. Just yes. just leave it alone. Call the power company and let the professionals handle it. Yes. Um, Please God. However, um, I think we've we flushed out a lot of personal information about us. Tyler? Yeah, there's a lot of this that's going to be redacted, and you don't even realize it. Nah, (laughs) nah, nah. Only a couple things. Maybe maybe a little bit of the arguing. Uh, uh, Besides that, Tyler, do you have any big personal uh, milestones or experiences you'd like to share? Man, well, you know what? I I don't want to lower the mood at all, but this episode is, or at least as of right now, is going to be called Human Progression, and I have a small little personal to throw in there or we can talk about school still it's whatever no throw in your personal that's what it was supposed to be like i i was using school as a benchmark just guys school for me sure was, i mean well, school that's, where, that's where you get most of your growth yeah sure yeah for me it was i mean think about getting kicked in the real world like you grow up real then and me, for me it was because i didn't want to be home but enough about me Let's i did not want to be at home yeah. well so i'm gonna keep it a buck um it was She's probably like a year and a half ago now. Um, I actually lost my mother to suicide. And that is the fourth relative of mine that I've lost via suicide. So mental health and like human progression is something that's really close to like my heart and really close to my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes you really have to grow up a lot because it really is the first time in my life where it was like sink or fucking swim. Um, because again, like nobody cares who you are, where you came from. You're just going to be, you know, people are like, Oh, that's that kid. (laughs) Um, but you know, I learned a lot about, you know, how my brain operates and kind of what my personal goal for life is. And I have this running idea that, you know, if somebody comes up and they're like, ma'am, that shirt sucks. And you're like, ow. Why, why would, why would he take the time out of his day to say that? But on the same like cursor, 
you can have somebody go, man, that shirt looks sick. And I'm gonna be like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I think like humans work off of, you know, uh, a scale of zero, right? Where one person saying a bad thing is like a minus two, two people saying a good thing is like a plus four. Like, it's just, we have so much power within each other to help us succeed because two minds are better than one, 10 minds are better than nine, and it goes up and up and up. And I think if you've got a passion for something, you should just go do it. Why not? And if it doesn't work out, you know, either you're still passionate and you go, go get it again, or you realize it's not what you want to do and you figure something else out. It's life's going to beat you down and really make you reevaluate what you really give a shit about and find what you like, man, hang out with people that care about you, you know, go talk with your friends about shit if you need to, because then boys ain't your boys. If they can't be the boys, you know, even when you're sad, like there's nothing I want to do after like a breakup or a huge life event. We're getting the boys together. Yeah. Come on. That's, and that's, uh, that's, uh, I guess, I mean, it, <laughs> human progression, man. <laughs> if, if we can't be better than the people before us, then what are we doing? Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing, you know, you gotta, you gotta always remember that there's things in life that just because you can think about it does not give you the same feeling of going out there and trying it and try see, it. See what, see what feelings you can provoke because we are all chasing feelings. We are all chasing something in life, whether it be a place to be, a place to be a part of, people to accept us, whatever, whatever we're chasing. It, whatever we want is out there. I just don't think people realize that themselves have the power to make it. Shameless plug for the church, but all of those things are available at church. Log on to LDS.org if you'd like to join. Well, you know, it's like they say. You take the good and you take the bad, put them together. What do you have? Life. The facts of life. Yeah, yeah I, thought it, I thought it was something like a lime and a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> no, take no. The good. no, but being completely serious, I was, I was that, that guy looking for, for where I belonged and what I was supposed to do. I was drifting around and, you know, I had joined a fraternity and I'd left a fraternity and I just hadn't really found my people yet. And church did it for me, man. So if you're looking for a community and a place to belong, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I go two days a week and I have friends I know I can count on. And I mean, I'm not saying anything against the boys on the, on the show right now. They're my boys and they're fantastic, but I also have a really strong community in church and, if that's for you, that's something you should pursue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just throw shit at a wall and see what sticks, brother. I yeah, mean, like if, if you, it doesn't matter where you find your crowd. It's just about finding your crowd. Yeah. Like, honestly, to that point, like, you know, if, if it's something you haven't tried, yes, try it. And I, I, it's, it's up to everybody's discretion what works for them. Um, if it's how a douchebag dude becomes a Domino's employee, befriends a emo scene kid that never grew up and then now they're the best of friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's who in that story? 
I'm the douchebag dude. Okay. He's the edgy teen. Okay. Because, like, I didn't really, like, talk to him when I first started working at Domino's. And he, he said his image of me was this douchebaggy guy. And, like, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I carried the same attitude of what I had in, co- like, high school because I thought I was going to be that in college. Like, I mean, I, we call you Pussy Slayer for a reason. Hey, I'm just – I'm making <laughs> the point. make the air. Like, because I, I will say this. I will never forget – because I feel like what really cemented it that day was whenever he called out of work for Valentine's Day. He was supposed to have the day off. Well, I will, I will admit, he did ask for that day off. All right, so he tries to call out, and I don't know what... I just know, I, I think he got in touch with KD, or you talked to him. I don't know what happened. I just know, I come up from a freaking delivery, and like... KD is, like, standing dumbfounded at the window, like, holding a piece of paper, and he's driving off. Yeah, I drove up with my bags (laughs) in the passenger side. Yeah, like, KD literally just looks at me, and he's like, hey, man, like, Todd just gave me his excuse, but, like, he didn't look or sound sick, and he had a duffel bag packed in his front passenger seat. And, and I just look at him like, give me that damn excuse. I look at it, and I mean, this this thing is terrible. Like, I mean, it looks like someone tried to like photocopy it and couldn't figure out how the photo or sorry photocopier worked. And like the don't even get me started on the signature. It was it was terrible. I had a good template in high school, and and, I and on top it. of that, it's please excuse for a cold. If we're going to go for, like, you know, an excuse, you might as well shoot for the moon or something. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So he hands us this excuse, and another one of our uh, co-workers decides to call the phone number on it. I was just going to let it ride, because honestly, I could care less. That was more runs for me, to be honest with you. But, like, anyways... uh, like ring we, ring they, ring city morgue yeah they, they yeah they they call up this it was doctor. a real doctor no. yeah yeah it was a real doctor's office like they got in touch with them and was like hey and they were like yeah we don't have records of a, of this person being here like at all within the last year <laughs> and so at that point like i don't know if they rip, wrote you up or anything but like, it became the joke of the store they took my while. they took a lot of my hours away for like a Uh-oh. week two weeks and i was like okay Ooh, yeah, I'm but, in college. Wow. But yeah. <laughs> but either way, I just know that is what like cemented it. I was like, this dude is a douchebag. Like, I, he's got balls, but <laughs> damn. I don't know, Bailey. You kind of came along with the package. Ty and I, we met through random roommate assignment. Yeah. And yeah. we we've done all right for ourselves. I think we we handle each other pretty well. And then Bailey came along with the package, and T Lock came along with the package, and. Hey. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just. I'm riding t- Ty's coattails right now. But yeah. And then next thing we know, eventually you'll go back to my hometown, and it's just gonna be really weird because now I can look forward to actually driving home. Oh man, we can't bore these guys with the gory details. <laughs> However, um, thank Gordo, you guys. I barely. Know. We we dumped a lot of personal information on you guys, and I don't think there will ever be another episode where we dump Fuck this much personal no. information. They will have to search for it. You will have to just listen to every episode and get every Battery detail. Yeah, I guess you got to listen to all of them. Yeah, you know. All right, are you listening? My credit card number is <laughs> five 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 six one nine two. 
And my social security number is three. What are the three numbers on the back? Two, one, five. <laughs> Thank you. And um, do you want to go test this right now? Do you need home address and full name as well? Because I can do this. Don't forget mother's maiden name. Very yes. important. Mother's maiden name was Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> name of first bit. Um, Pluto. Name of your prom date. That bitch. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. It was real talk, real soul, soul speak. Like what you hear or have a topic suggestion for the show? Join the conversation and subscribe now on social media at SoulSpeak TV or visit SoulSpeak.tv for more exciting content. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. SoulSpeak, real talk, real soul. Soul